Hey everybody, my name is Alex and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Before I get started, thank you to everybody who is listening to the Sunday edition all about rooster teeth. I I spent spent like a day watching through Genlock and I would just I it surprised me how many feelings I had about that about that studio as a result of that show and seeing you know, footage from Ruby and all this other stuff that they've done. And I, but I didn't want to do, I don't want to do a, I don't want to do a, um, show, a show about a Thursday show, like a Thursday review show about something like Genlock because I don't, at that point, it's it's even more removed than something like Avatar or Korra from, like, there's, like, Avatar or Korra and Korra are some of the first, and this isn't what the show is about, so don't worry about it, but um, Avatar and Korra are some of the first um, high-end anime-inspired things in the West, especially made by, made by, made by an American studio in the West. And then you go like several rungs down the ladder, you get to something like Genlock. Um, and I, I just don't think that that, not that that wouldn't have a place in like a, in like one of the third day shows, but that it wouldn't, it just didn't sit right with me to do it specifically about Genlock for whatever reason. Whether that is that it has a mediocre tone, it's like a mediocre show, or is so Americanized in a unique way. Um, I and also my overwhelming thoughts at the end of it were not necessarily about Genlock. They were about um, Bruce Teeth's studio. So I elected to do that week's sun last the last Sunday show about Rooster Teeth and their like treatment of stuff and all that junk. So if you haven't listened to that, um, go listen to it. Also, if you're here from Clubhouse, because I. I somehow got a clubhouse invitation um, and participated in the Anime Anonymous um, Anime Creative Networking Group. If you're here hearing this and you're part of that, thank you. Also, you found it pretty quickly if you're listening to it at the time this comes out, usually. Um, But what I want to talk about today is a show that's... Interesting is what I'm going to call it in the opening segment. And that show is Bakuman. Universal news story, and it still pops up from time to time. Like it's still like, oh, anime is bad. Anime is a- anime is a hell of a drug, kid. Don't get caught with it in your backpack. There's some serious consequences. Now, for me, because I am a soft boy, 
<laughs> always have been, always will be, a soft boy. I had the problem of, like, getting Love Hina graphic novels taken away by, like, taken away or told we put that smut away because I, in, like, study hall, because my teacher swore up and down to Jesus Christ himself. And by the way, I did not go to a Catholic school. I went to a normal high school like any other human. Um, well, not quite normal, but you get my, you get my point. Um, <laughs> I went to a very high-end public high school. But, like, the teacher would be like, that's definitely fucking porn. You put that shit away. That's got, that, that's got some titties in it. Put it away. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fine. You culturally inept weirdo. Um, but the new story that always used to pop up is um, about Death Note. Because whoever, um, whoever thought it was a good idea to make Death, whoever thought it was a good idea to um, author Death Note, also thought it was a good idea to make notebooks that had the Death Note graphic on it. And, of course, you know, asshole news organizations, what they would do is they'd get a hold of these, um, comic, of, of these notebooks that were just for edgy asshole depressed teens. Honestly, that's all they were for. And they'd go full fucking, like, galaxy brain on it and be like, after doing our research, after fucking looking up the name online... We found out these books are supposed to grant to to allow the person to write someone they don't like name in it, and that person will die. And like everybody knew that wasn't true, but it was scandalous enough as a trend for like news to be like, you, the, hey, these young people getting up some sketchy witchcraft. And the result was like Death Note got a lot more play in. Mainstream in mainstream media because it was, um, because it was just it was just like it it got to be in the news for however much even if it sucks no press is bad press and the author of that and this is, this is a thing that like people like to forget is that authors write all kinds of shit. For example, the author of Naruto really wanted that, really wanted, instead of doing Naruto, instead of doing colorful ninja fights, he wanted to make a manga about ramen. But his editor was like, no, you fucking weirdo, do something that will sell. And so he made Naruto. And if you ever wondered why Kishimoto's like, I'll supervise Boruto. But unless it gets, and I think guess it got bad enough where he couldn't stand it and had to put his hands on it. But he was like, he was very much like, I am supervising this with a 36 inch pole from across the room. (laughs) Because he was just done with it. And lots of people, when lots of, lots of creative people, and this is true of Naruto too, Samurai 8 kind of, ran right off the cliff and into the ground kind of thing. But lots of really famous creative people who get famous off of one of like one work have a big issue. And that big issue is they have to eventually follow they have to eventually follow that work up somehow. And in Another, and something that compounds that issue is that if you make something popular enough, and Death Note certainly meets that um, criteria, people will follow that thing and will, like, hype up your next thing. This is um, this is actually Makoto Shinkai's problem, is he straight up is like, if you look at your name, your name Biggest fucking animated feature ever at the time. Um, the Demon Slayer movie, I think, had overtaken it now. But, like, your name, like, shattered all kinds of records with, like, all-time box office darling. And so when he said, 
And and everybody who hadn't seen a Makoto Shinkai movie was like, wow. And meanwhile, all us old weirdos are watching this movie like so it's a Makoto Shinkai joint, except they get to be happy at the end of it. I mean, okay, I like this. I don't feel like I want to go fucking hang myself on my shower rod after I watch it, but, you know, he changed one thing about, like, like this is Voices of the Distant Star if she gets home and he's not dead. Or or if she ever gets home. This is, this is Happy Voice of a Distant Star. That's what this fucking is. You cannot fool me, Shinkai. You fucking weirdo. That's what this is. And if you noticed, after that um, movie came out, people were comparing him to, like, Miyazaki and comparing Comic Waves to being, like, the second coming of Ghibli. And he was just like, please don't fucking do that. Well, please don't. And what he was really saying and nobody paid attention to was, I make a very specific kind of thing. We make a very specific kind of thing. Do not misunderstand this. This is what we make, except the ending is usually sad. Or existentially terrifying. And so, but he also figured out a formula. So when he went and attacked Weathering With You, and we all went to the fucking theater, like dope, and watched Weathering With You, and we were all like, that's just, that's just your name was global warming and impending doom. But not to the fault of the characters, but like impending doom at the end. And everybody was like, that's not as good. Um, and all, all of us were like, no, that's the problem. It's exactly as good. Only we've all seen it now, and like the, the it's like we saw how the close-up magic trick worked, and that's one way it can go. And that, and you know, Makoto Makoto Shinkai tried to manage it on some level, but people just wouldn't listen because your name is your name is a banger. <laughs> your name is a Makoto Shinkai licensed fucking banger. It bangs at your heart constantly. I like, you're at the point of tears. I went to go see that with my friend Kie. Hi, Kie. Um, but, and like, we both were like, fucking looking at each other, fucking tears coming down our fucking face, or at least I was. She looked at me, I'm like, Ugh. she's like, you're, you're, you are the soft boy I thought you were. Um, but, he, so, he tried to manage it, and just it was it became unmanageable. Only then you have the problem of how do you follow up Death Note? Because Death Note, <laughs> I can't. If you have not seen Death Note, which a if you haven't seen Death Note, well, how the fuck did you get to my podcast? Is this even allowed? Are you allowed to be here right now? Um, do you have do you have a note from your from your parents that you're allowed to listen to this because oh my god but um the death note got so over the top that that there are to this day memes about it and it it came out in like it went and the anime ran from um Two from um two thousand the MA ran from two thousand from two thousand three to two thousand six. So it ran a solid three years. And the back half of fucking Death Note is banana fosters crazy. The, the, and even though like front part the like front half of Death Note is also at point totally banana fosters crazy. He dramatically eats a bag of chips. If you're listening to this and you've seen it, you know that. And it's fucking insane. I, and they even, like, they, at some point, they would eventually go on to put Willem Dafoe in weird-ass clown <laughs> and make him float around a badly... a bad high school and have um, Light Yagami be a 
blonde American kid for some reason, whatever the fuck. And, like, Death Note was so popular, so popular. You know, girls dressed up as Misa constantly for, like, Halloween and fucking cosplay competitions and all that shit. Just, it was amazing. It's like a hell of a freaking... It's a hell of a freaking thing to be on that ride as a content creator, as as a mangaka, rather. Um, but the and um the guy who does um Attack on Titan is he's having this problem. He's having this problem now, and it. It's it the the problem stems from you, when you something gets so big you worry about it you worry you worry that you won't be able to follow it up and some some creators of big things say I'm then I'm only gonna make this thing other creators say that thing gonna gonna exist. And I'm not gonna fucking touch it and leave me the fuck alone. Other create, and then there's a third category of creators create big things, not necessarily always knowing, like just kind of, they just do. And if when it happens like that last time, they just move on and they make other stuff and some of it's better, some of it's worse, some of it's godly, and you never know. That was, um, Daft Punk broke up this week. That was kind of Daft Punk's MO. It's like some of the some of the songs you hear from Daft Punk were amazing, some of them were not as good, but the whole like level of work was so continu was so even though it was broken up a lot, but continuous on some level and like itself and had such skill in it that it didn't matter. It didn't matter that, you know, um, robot rock was not as like bounce your booty to it as lose yourself to dance. It did not matter. I though that they're just so different and, and they're so part of the discography that you're already in. By the way, I encourage you go listen to fucking Daft Punk. Um, I played a bunch of Splatoon, dressed like a robot. Um, listen in the game, not in real life. Um, <laughs> listening to Daft Punk and like that almost called me to buy a hundred dollar Daft Punk helmet replica because I'm an insane person. But the Daft Punk, the that's another way creatives can do it. But oftentimes, what ends up happening is they can never. If people can never follow. Lots of creators are one-hit wonders. They have a they struggle to follow the massive success of something, especially when it runs away, like um, Death Note did, or like Your Name did. I mean, Your Name was like breaking records all over the place. Death Note was like not to, it, it. There was a point at which it was a cult classic, and then it like jumps totally jumped into mainstream insanity and it was all over. And that's weirdly the um, place that Sugumi Oba found himself in. Um, because he he wrote Death Note and he was and Death Note was so popular that everybody was waiting for, and he was only the writer of Death Note. They, um, the, there was also the illustrator. I forget the illustrator's name. It's one of those, um, and it, it's one of the reasons why, um, at Takashi Obata was the illustrator. One of the reasons why Death Note was so was crafted in the way that it was was because there was someone penning the story and illustrating separately. Because so you know the illustrations could be given full mind and so could the story in a way that 
not doesn't not happen for other for other work, but takes more effort from a single person with other works. And um the the so they teamed up again to make Bakuman. And Bakuman was anticipated. It was like promoted fucking everywhere. And then in the in um two thousand eight it came out. And uh, granted, uh, when Death Note was over, it had a lot of staying power. But and then two years later, two years after Death Note ended, the Death Note anime ended. And even before that, probably a year, probably at least, probably a year before, like a year and six months before the Bakuman anime started, the Bakuman manga was released, and then it was like it was like automatically optioned for an anime because he had such a strong um, relationship with the industry because Death Note was so fucking popular and sometimes that's all it takes a really strong positive association with an author artist team and poof you you get a show deal he here's the money kid um, and what but there was a problem there were several problems, but the first problem was the manga was dreadfully fucking boring. The genius of Death Note was that, and I'm going to compare these two a lot because it, it makes sense. The genius of Death Note was you started with this high schooler who is holier than thou, had no moral compass, but no way to act on what on the on his lack of moral compass that wouldn't on his lack of societal moral compass in a way that his personal moral compass wouldn't object to, and then poof notebook and we're off the races. And so that gave them the ability to like go full ham with it and like give light give life dad death note eyes right before he dies or um I don't know give light, like, make light dramatically eat a bag of chips. That's another perfect example. And it injected, because it was such a good thriller story, it injected an amount of tension that helped keep the springs going in the car, so to speak. And now you have this story about two kids one main kid, but two kids, um, who want to make manga, and they made sure to like have a right to have like a. I think it was built as a writer artist team, or maybe they were bo- both doing both. But they, the big mistake that I think that Bakuman makes right off the bat is that it it tries to be in the shonen mold. It tries to set up like a classic shonen, you know, win the day, get the girl scenario in something that just doesn't need that kind of um that kind of driving force. Because in the beginning of Bakuman, you meet um Masahiro, Masahiro Moritaka, the main the main character, and um, Takagi Akito, the the second the like the the second main character, and they want to be mangaka, and they want and the other thing. So the other thing about this, this is clearly. Bakuman is a long line of a tradition in anime and manga. And that is anime and manga about making anime and manga. I'm not talking about, like, the story has an element of, like, somebody the a mangaka or, like, that um, anime from, I think, now two seasons ago about the guy who does, like, 
etchy manga and he draws naked but he doesn't want his daughter to find out and the whole thing is supposed to be this meta thing of his daughter this like time skip thing this like dual time line thing where like he, you see his daughter younger but you, you, when you see his daughter older you see her discovering that like her dad drew pervy manga with no clothes on um over time it's just so it actually sounds really interesting but um not what I'm here to talk about. I'm talking about things like um, that are about the culture and creation of the anime content. Things like anime Gataris, things like Genshiken, things like Otaku no Video. Um, th- those are all shows about nerds getting into doing or creating the things that they are so obsessed with. Um, and, but the thing about those shows is they come at it much more, they come at it where those shows get to that point, but they aren't always just, like, it's a ramp up. And what makes those shows work is not the fact that it's about making manga or the fact that it's about making manga for Jump, which is Jake name drop that the Jump magazine in this, which was published in Jump. It's a serpent eating its own tail. We're all going to die, and we're all we're all just really passing the same dollar around in a fucking circle. I'm going to go insane. Um, but the... In, let's, let's take Genshiken, perfect example. Eventually, they get to the point where they're making their own fan comic, where they're making their own um, doujinshi, and then it becomes about how you make a doujinshi and how you produce a fan comic, and that has an interesting element to it because you you see it from a fan point of view, and at that point in the show, you have spent a lot. I think. At that point in the show, you spent a lot of time with all the characters, and so it's this character drama of them trying to achieve what is a common nerd dream. Where this feels, whether it is or not, like a manga recruitment video of a show, with like, hey kids, what if you made manga for Shonen Jump? It's the glamorous life. We swear we won't treat you like fucking most mangaka get treated. Thank you, goddamn Astro Boy Grandpa. And, like, you work for 12 hours a day and you eat, like, a fig leaf for all of your meals. One fig leaf, not three, one. And eventually you die from overwork or you're your Oda, who... Or your Ichiro Oda, or um the author, or um the author of JoJo's, whose name escapes me right now, but he's an immortal vampire, and we should all be afraid of him because he will outlive us all. Um, Ichiro Oda probably too. Just saying, although he did marry a cos a Nami cosplayer, and considering the um body dysmorphia involved in just all female characters in One Piece, yeah, not a great thing to do. But, and so that's its first problem, is it doesn't, is it so, it's like, you can feel Shonen Jump all the way up this show's ass. Just absolutely all the way up this show's ass. And it, 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 it feels, it feels like a cross, it feels like I'm being synergized <laughs> by a cross-promotional deal with, like, California milk or something. <laughs> It did not feel great to watch this show. And then they bring in the idea of, like, you have two kids. And I, I personally hate this because I hate the kind of rom-com tropey horse shit. Um, they bring in the, uh, the supporting character, the female love interest, um, Mizo, Miho Azuki. And, Miho Azuki is the main character, um, Moritaka's 
uh, like crush, and they both like each other. For whatever fucking reason, Miho is like, hey, we can't be together until I get a voice acting job and you get a manga published and serialized and published in Shonen Jump. And that's the, that, that, my friend, is what fucking starts the, like, longing looks across, like, from, like, his window to the street. The, like, late night meetup, like, we can just hug so we can hold on for a little longer. Like, and, and like, that strikes me as, that strikes me, and I imagine most of the audience in this show did not do well, and it's not particularly, let's see what its score is. Um... It's not particularly, it's eight point, kind of, kind of crack are people smoking? 8.4, 8.4 on my anime list. This is not an 8.4. I'll be very honest. It is not an 8.4. It is like a seven. At best, I would give it a six. I would give it like a, maybe 5.5. What I mean, um, but the that starts that storyline, which is worthless and obnoxious. And then you go through this show that, like, that has the opportunity to do what Keep Your Hands Off Isaacin would go on to do. Years and seasons later. Keep your hands off, Isaacin. It's about the concept of making animation. This show wants to be about the concept of making manga. But it doesn't... It doesn't give you that imagine, that burst of imagination that you get from something like um, Keep Your Hands Off, Isaacin. It doesn't give you that, like, technical focus of something like, you know, the, um, the animation episode of Golden Boy, or the, um, or the parts of Genshiken where they focus on, um, like, what really making a fanzine is like, um, or even Otaku No Video. It, it is two guys alone or another another great one, another great one that is like a one to one. I, I did a episode on this a while back. You can find it in the feed in whatever you're using to listen to me right now. But Comic Girls is a great, um, is a great kind of more polished version of this because there's lots of very similar scenes in both, but they are so much more detailed about what they're doing and how they're doing it, and it's so much less, it doesn't, it doesn't have the, like, shonen trappings that the Bakuman feels like it's forced to have, so it comes off a lot more chill, and a lot more like a natural creative process, more than like, I gotta draw this manga real good so I can get my crush's pants, and it's like, oh, Seeing the, I feel bad because seeing the score on uh, my anime list, I have a feeling I'm gonna piss people off a lot. But I can't, I can't get past that as a motivation because that's like, I really can't get past um, the Miho giving that motivation because that's Miho being like, yes, I'll be your prize. And then also, like, that's that's the main character, like, indulging in that. Because if, if, to be honest, if a girl said that to me, at any age, I would just feel like, this is dumb. We can just make out. We're teen, like, we're teenagers. We're allowed to do that in Japan. Like. That's the other thing. That's the other hilarious thing. Is, for those of you who don't know, what is Japan's prime driving objectives now is, if you're young, 
Fucking have make babies. Fucking have a family. Preserve preserve the population. Bring the medium age of the population of Japan way the fuck down. We're talking like zero years old. We want a bunch of. We want to. We we want to see a prego so we can keep the population of our country in a working age range because, and many many highly industrialized nations have this problem including America um, and that population is ancient in America, in Japan in a bunch of other places and so like to see a to see a to see a piece of anime and manga that's not just like we're not going to address the baby thing but is actively like, no, 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 no. Don't make babies until you get into Shonen Jump. <laughs> it's the most insane thing. It's wild. And I. It's just. I'm having a conversation with somebody about my, um time in which my brain deteriorated to the point where I watched Black Clover for exactly 106 Monday mornings in a goddamn row um, every week for 106 Mondays. I just watched fucking Black Clover like I was possessed. I, it was bad. That show, you don't know my opinions about that show. I hate it with like a fiery passion. I did a episode about it. You can go find it in the feed. But I just, and people love that show, as clearly people love um, Bakuma. But I, I think if you're going to have the kind of tropes that Bakuman functions on, then you, you have to do something more with them than it did, and you have to, you have to make the show more exciting, and you have to. I think it's, I think that if you're going to create something about creating, you do the audience a disservice if you spare them the visual, a visualization of the feeling of creating something in a real way. If you look at um, say something like Genshiken. Genshiken is a is a lower is a lower stakes example than something like Keep Your Hands Off Eyes Again. But Genshiken, they take so such reverence in showing you the like paraphernalia of anime fandom. Another great um, another comic that's great at this that by the same author is um. What's it called? Is a comic called Spotted Flowers, which is, I think, about, I forget what Genshiken character, but it's about, like, um, actually, it's about the um, main character of the first season, and him and Ogue very clearly get married and, like, have a kid, and it's about him still being a weirdo nurse as a parent and as a slightly fucked up bad parent. Um, and but it, like you don't feel, but the you understand the relationship and you understand you understand him because they show you all the paraphernalia and they show you how much joy he takes in it and all of that stuff, and that joy is kind of not absent from Bakuman, but it it I don't think it's pronounced enough. I don't. I don't get the sense, and maybe the point is that they're not, that they're high schoolers and they're not feeling this way about this process, in which case I would argue, why are you making this thing? Why, why are you making, why are you putting yourself through the hell of manga creation for this, for, like, as a character like this? And the thing that um, Keep Your Hands Out of Isaac did, this showed you the 
joy. The gen- and I can attest to this because I feel it every day when I draw. You feel this kind of like joy wash over you when you like, when you hit it and when you make something really beautiful and you conceive of something really amazing and it, everything goes right and it's perfect. And I just, I don't, I don't get that from Bakuman. I don't get it from Bakuman's celebratory part. I don't get it from the part where they're like doing the work and compound that with something like, with the like tropiness of like, I'm doing this all for a girl because she said I need to, because she said I need to, I, she said we need to prove our worth by achieving our dreams so we could be to get so we could be happy together. Just it just feels like it feels like a good idea that's executed badly because of the lack of like visual passion of the character and the and the weight put on it by being this thing that is like, once again, we're all passing the same dollar around in a circle kind of thing. Because if this had been about a different magazine, if they had not put in Jump, if this had not been about like a, like them trying to get something published in Jump, but they made a totally like random thing up, I think it would have been better. Because it wouldn't have felt like I'm reading the comic about making a manga for Jump in Jump as I jump off of a bridge. No. <laughs> um, but it just... Bakuman never sits right with me because it because of all the things I mentioned previously. And it's just... I think part of that is because you know he can do, you know the author and the artist can do these things and the the art of Bakuman is actually really exceptionally beautiful it's beautiful and as good if not better in some cases than the art in um in death note because as manga as mangaka artists artists mature over time and we get better and more interesting as we pull in more um more you know references and more inspirations and all that other stuff but the sad truth about creating art for a living is once you are doing something you need to maintain that style for the lifespan of that thing especially if it's a like illustrated work like a comic book so bakuman really shows the the artist behind um it really shows um Takeshi Obata's like it shows his skill beyond the stylings of L and Light and Misa it shows that he like can strip down the style and make it more like truly modern and less baroque and gothic and depressed and emo and make it and make the characters look really different than they did than they did when he was drawing um death note which is beautiful by the way um and i just so that's not the problem the problem is really with the story and it, it like it makes me feel bad because I think if Bakuman was the first thing to come out, people would like it and it would be pretty innocuous and pretty understood as like, oh, this is pretty good. I can't wait to see what this guy does next. Goddamn, does it look good? And then Death Note comes out and, like, that explodes him into the stratosphere and, uh, you know, the world is a different place for for him. Um, because, obviously, Bakuman was probably successful enough where he probably would have gotten a second say. But 
for Bakuman to be the second thing, that's where you run into problems. Because Bakuman is not as good as Death Note. I mean, to give you an idea, not even, um, and my anime list thinks so. Thinks so. It, Bakuman was, like, barely over an eight. Um, Death Note is, like, close to a nine. Uh, in terms of score. And I'm not saying those are empirical or, like, honest or any of that stuff. I mean, freaking Full Metal Alchemist has been number one because it has been manipulated for years. But, um, <laughs> the... The following one's masterpiece is always hard. Pulling off the miracle a second time is never easy. And I think that if you learn anything from the like transition of from Death Note to Bakamon, it's the same lesson that you learn from the transition from your name to weathering with you. It's that sometimes people have specific ideas and it it can be difficult to stretch to fit a different mold. And I, I commend the writer of Death Note to, like I said, the art for both is drop dead gorgeous. That's not where my problem is. Um, I commend the writer of Death Note for, you know, like being like, no, I'm not going to make another Death Note-like thing. I'm just going to fucking, you know, go for it in a totally different direction. Like, a totally, like, you know, romance competition manga direction. Um, And just sometimes it just doesn't work. Sometimes, you know, you have the best intentions and the thing you produce is just okay or just, like, just, it's fine. And uh, in all honesty, I think that Bakuman is really, that's exactly what it is. It's just fine. It's just, for somebody who has so much control over dramatic tension and dramatic and, like, the emotional state of the reader or, or of the audience to not use that as well the second time around seems disappointing. Um, and on that note, if you like this podcast, you can subscribe to um, Lunchbox Radio in whatever you're using to listen to me right now. I have been Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio, and I will talk to you on Sunday.